Hello and welcome back to the In the Can podcast. As always, I'm Devin and I'm joined by Tom and James. And we're back for yet another week of uh, what we've seen this week and various news and what's coming out and all that. Uh, reminder that we'll have a second show coming out on Thursday. That is our main topic. All that out of the way. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. And I enjoyed the weather today once the sun actually kind of cooled off. It overall wasn't bad. I had a really good day for the most part. And I, uh, yeah, just having a great day. Yeah, I actually ate Chipotle outside in the sun. It was great. Nice. It's almost like you're a productive human. I, I was very productive today. <laughs> I memorized my lines. Oh, uh, let's, let's let's not get into the kerfuffle that that was that. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Those of you not in the know, James and I are in the show coming up in October. And boy, do I need to practice. I just need to listen more, because that's that's my problem, is that I didn't listen, and I don't know when the stuff is coming up. Considering how I screwed up some of my lines, <laughs> I don't think you can be harsh that that hard from getting yeah. from me. Anyway. It was a good first, like, off-book run. So. It was fun. Yeah. We'll probably mention it again coming up to the show in October. Close to you. Why not? It's what I've been doing lately. <laughs> Pretty much. Other than a lot of writing this week, I sat down and actually started writing a script, and I've shotgunned. 25, 30 pages in a couple of days. So I'm in a very good writing mode lately. Um, nice. I was for a while, now I need to get back into that. Yeah, yeah I've been just working on some D&D stuff. So. Nice. Yeah, hey, character creation's always fun. Well, I'm prepping for a campaign that I'm going to be running probably in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, yeah he hasn't even offered so. me a spot in that campaign. Sorry. I, you're already playing on Saturday, so... Damn. Yeah. I do. And my Saturdays are taken up, so yeah, um, I don't feel bad. If it, if it was a day other than Saturday, I would have I was gonna be like, "Hey, Devin," but I'd be like, "Yeah, it's a day not on the weekend. Awesome, I'm in." But, right. but yeah, and those listening, if you if you didn't know, we're nerds. <laughs> and <laughs> no longer just, in a basement, but we're nerds. And not just about movies and TV and stuff. Yeah, I could go. Trust me, dude. I could I could do a podcast purely on movie uh, music. I was gonna say we are doing our movies, dude. <laughs> <laughs> My mouth doesn't like me today, apparently. So okay. no, I could do I could easily talk for hours about music. That's fair because there's a lot to talk about with music. So there really is. But we'll do a music specific one sometime in the future. Oh, soundtrack type stuff. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know what? That would be really nice. That would be an interesting one. Cause I'll put that in my hat. We'll come back. I wouldn't have a whole lot to say, so. Unless it's John Williams. I could do scores. I could do tons of scores. We'll talk about that later. That's uh, another day. Let's jump into what movies we or TV we've seen this week, because we've seen a, a lot of TV, it seems. As We're starting to, apparently. Uh, Chris isn't here this week, if you haven't noticed. Jenny's not here this week. She may or may not be back eventually. And, yeah, and hopefully, as such, you decided to take up their slack from what I was hearing from you. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into my list. <laughs> yeah, a lot of movies in a TV show. <laughs> yeah, yep. Ooh, that's gonna hurt. Yeah. So, Tom, oh, did you want to yeah. start, or you've seen more than me? I've I've seen three movies. One that was one that I've already seen twice in theaters, and I just recently bought uh, digital for early release and. Yeah, I believe it was still early Spider-Man? release. Uh, no, I take that back. It just came out of early release. Uh, Rocket Man. Oh, okay. Love the movie. Man. Such a good movie. Well, I love Bohemian Rhapsody. I think that Rocket Man was done a lot better 
as far as story flow goes. Oh, it didn't feel like just a greatest hits? Yeah, I mean, it did to an extent, but the way everything flowed into one another, there was a lot of points where it was his inner thoughts almost that seemed to be the driving factor as to why the music was there and it coming into it versus, well, we're writing music and we're going to be producing it for an album or a show or what have you. It This was more... The internal thought process. Internal thought the, process. Dictated the flow. The things that were going on in his life, that kind of thing. Okay. I'm still uh, yet to watch it. And it's Taron Egerton... Taron Egerton does an amazing job playing... He's a... He, everything I've seen with him, he's a fun actor. Yeah. He, he looks like he's having fun with the roles he's, he's yes. taking. The wonderful thing is, is when the... It was first announced that he was going to take this role, and some of the stuff about the movie itself was released. A lot of people were up in arms about him taking on this role because of the fact that it was a straight man playing a gay role. Eh. And I'm going to tell you right now, I hate people like that because if that was the case, I mean, they, they're all for diversity, but then they don't want people to stretch their boundaries. So right. who's going to win? Well, the Practice. thing is, is that too. Elton John actually came forward and said, no, 100% he is the right person to play this role. He is the right person to play me. Mind you, they had already made the movie Kingsman Golden Circle together prior yeah. to this. They were co-workers for a while. Yes, and Elton fully 100% picked him, if I'm not mistaken, to actually like play this role. He's like, oh, you're playing this, you want someone to play the role? Here. And backed him. And that's, he, that's always cool. Yeah, and he like squashed all the stuff that was going on about talking bad about it. He's like, no. He just stopped that right now. Yeah. So, that's awesome. Yeah, everybody in the movie plays a great role, does a great job playing the roles that they were chosen for. Richard Madden plays Tim Reed, I think it was, the, or John Reed, I think was the guy's name. I know the guy's last name is Reed. He was a manager for uh, Elton John for a long time. Um, and they had no, a relationship together, too. And it went south real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so I know we've, we've talked about uh, Bohemian a few times now. Yeah. Uh, what else did we watch this week? Uh, I also saw the movie, I believe it was called Silence on Netflix. It was a Netflix movie. The Silence. Yeah. The Silence with Stanley Tucci. And I am blanking on the actress's name um, that was in that she, I recognized her from something else. Uh, Karen and Shipka. She was also in Mad Men for Wild and Carriers. Yes. And she was also in something else recently, too. Um, sorry. Do you need Miranda? You mean Miranda Otto, who was in uh, oh. Lord of the Rings? No? Okay. No. Because I don't know who that is. Oh, Karen and Shipka also plays in the Netflix TV show Sabrina, or the uh, Adventures of Sabrina. Right. Or what is that, whatever that's called. Chilling Adventures of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, thank you. Sabrina? That movie, yes. Um, or TV show. That was one of the things, I saw Stanley Tucci was in it, and I was originally looking for the movie The Quiet Place, and this came up, and I was like, okay, sure, I'll give it a shot. And it was alright. I mean, it wasn't, Terrible. Yeah, from what I... I haven't really gotten around to watching it. To me, it just looks like a a second Quiet Place. 
and I know it came, the story came out before Quiet Place was made, so there's that. But the movie came out after Quiet Place. Yeah. Kind of compared to Quiet Place. I don't know if, because having obviously not seen The Quiet Place, I don't know if they actually show the creature or whatever it is that's killing people or yeah, not. I think they start shots of it, yeah. Okay. They eventually show a, a few glory shots of it. But. Okay, and this, it's these bat-like creatures that can't see and use sound and smell. More specifically, sound is their main way of finding. Second yeah. location. Not, <laughs> not even. It's just instantly sound. They're like right on it. And they have these massive jaws and they're Very like... Very revealed. Kind of. They're like these giant cross between bats and reptile looking things. That's kind of very similar even to the design of um, uh, Quiet Place. They actually, their heads open up similar to the Demogorgon. And they have like these, they have like, their whole head is an ear basically. So they can uh, tell. Yeah, these aren't quite, I mean, they look more like the Xenomorph style head. <laughs> Um, but their jaws open up like a normal jaw, just really wide, and have a d- rows of just these like gnarly looking teeth. Uh, anyways, and then I also saw Bird Box. Uh, I'm gonna ask the question: Why? Uh, I was in this mood for seeing movies that were kind of involving stuff that you couldn't see, and the idea of facing. An unknown danger that uh, you weren't allowed or able to uh, either it, or deprive you of one of your senses. You yeah. in silence you couldn't speak, or you couldn't speak loudly. Um, and Kiernan Shipka actually plays a young woman who goes deaf. Like she she's recently gone deaf. Something has caused her to go deaf at the beginning of the movie, uh, prior to the beginning of the movie, and she hasn't always been deaf. Uh, so she was able to speak for a while and hear and everything like that. So when she speaks, she speaks like everybody else normally speaks. Unlike somebody who's been deaf all their life. Um, who you can tell has that weird cadence, cadence where it's more in the back of their throat versus in projection yeah. projected into the front of their mouth. And It's a very weird sensation to see. In yeah. And then in Bird Box, they can't see anything because if they do they'll see what ca- what causes them to essentially kill themselves or the premise them- of bird box just sounded stupid to me i actually really there's parts of bird box i really liked i liked the kind of cosmic horror idea if you see it you kill yourself mm-hmm. like that kind of thing's really cool and the few scenes like early on uh the sister sees the thing while driving and all that, I think that's great. Yep. And there's a lot of things in this movie that I liked. But it just kind of hit a point near the end of the movie <clears throat> where I'm like, I have absolutely no no threat to Sandra Bullock's character. Yeah. The fact that you were seeing flash forwards throughout the entire movie, I never once thought that she was going to die. That's, yeah. I so. felt there was more danger for the kids that she's traveling with than for her. But I know that they survived. Like, I know that the babies had to be born because then the kids are there. And Right. But what I'm saying is, is like, because she's traveling throughout the entire movie on a river. And it keeps flashing forward to this point where she's traveling with the kids. And I never once felt that there was any real danger 
so much while they were on the river, even though there's a few times where they end up stopping for whatever reason or <laughs> one crazy guy in the middle of the lake or yeah, whatever, who, or yeah, who calls out to them and it, and I liked when they added in the the people that have gone crazy but didn't kill themselves. Yeah, like the the guy that comes into the house. I like that. I like the, the all the people that have taken off their blindfolds to accept the god or whatever the, the yeah. creatures accept like, god. I'm like that's cool. I, I kind of like that. But then they they just are there and then gone. Like yeah, they don't play much of a role in the story. And I wanted more of that. And, yeah, it, to me, it would have been a things, more interesting like miniseries. Yeah, there were things that were definitely lacking that they could have explored more. But obviously, having being a movie, they have only so much time to tell a story in. Yeah, that's where being like a an eight episode series, limited yeah. series, would have been really cool. Yeah, and I agree. Overall, it was okay. I probably wouldn't watch it again because it's it's kind of like an M Night Shyamalan movie. Once you see the reveal, you're kind of like, oh well. That was it. Yeah, and even that, it's like, oh, the reveal, we have birds upstairs, and that's about it. Like, yeah. there's not... It, it was one of those movies that I've seen, and I'll forget I, I'll, I've seen. Ultimately, it was pretty predictable. After a certain... After a few minutes into the movie, you're kind of like, I kind of get what you're laying down. I'm pretty sure I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a couple of points where it's kind of like, is it going to happen? Is it going to... No. Nope, didn't happen. Nope, 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 didn't happen. And there was a lot of buildup for no payoff, and you're like, all right, well, yeah, that there's some pretty lazy writing, like the <laughs> Rosa Salazar's character, the yeah. girl who plays uh, Alita in Alita Battle Angel, um, randomly in the middle of the movie, let's steal this car and run away. Yep. Well, that's an excuse to not have a car for the rest of the movie. And I just felt like those characters, the two characters, were only in there to steal the car. And then just gone. That it's, sounds sad. Like they, it felt like they were just added in there as extra characters that can push the story forward later. And yeah, we have a lot of time, a lot of characters in it, and especially since she was a police cadet, and then she ends up stealing a car and falling for this low life guy that happened to be in the house and taking refuge with the people. It, it was just stupid. Yeah. It, it was a perfluous character development. That sounds not great. No. I don't know. There's a lot of just weird, like, I'm going to charge outside and tackle this guy outside instead of just kicking the dude out of the door and closing it, you know? And it's like, there's just a lot of times where a character got him in somewhere, served the purpose, and it's just written out. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It almost sounds... It, the amount of like mental work that has to go into making that seem justified almost sounds like I'm gonna kill that guy by taking this gun and beating him with the handle. So help me. Why don't you shoot him? Shut up. Shut I'm gonna up. shoot him six times so we no have no more bullets and we don't have a gun anymore because it breaks. And basically. that's my entire character arc. And then I'm gonna die because I'm out of bullets. Yep, basically. I'm going to sacrifice myself for the greater good of the of the group. The greater yeah, good. I can get you into the man, I can get you into the the place to get the food. Now that we're in the place to get the food, there's one person knocking on the back door. I'm gonna tackle him out of the out of the things so we can on. no longer get into the place with the food. Hey, that's fish fingers. Who? Fish fingers. He used to work with them here. He's kind of a weird guy, but you know, whatever. Oh man, he's crazy. I'm gonna tackle him outside. Wait, something's wrong. What? Yeah, don't uh, Fish fingers has stabbed me. Oh no! And then he's like, 
Oh, I got this. Tackles him outside the door. Door closes. Blood. Blood. And it's like, well, okay. Uh, and then he goes back immediately to the same shtick that he was going to before. Help me. Help me. Somebody help me. Let me in. Help me. It's the same thing that he originally started with prior to them cracking the door. Yeah. Which is a little creepy when you really think about it, but at the same time, it's just meh in the story. So, yeah. It's like so much of the movie. It just didn't impress me. Yeah. And sounds- I, remember, I, I think I've watched it since we've been doing this. I remember my, my review is pretty scathing of it. Yeah. So. I, like I said, I wasn't overly impressed with it. It was just. Some cool cinematography. Yeah. There were some cool she- like scenes that were shot. Um, going down the river, I really liked the fog effect that they had going on. Um, my biggest problem with it is just the fact that. After it came out, everyone was doing the whole blindfold thing. Yeah. And yeah. it legitimately just annoyed me. Yeah, I can understand. So I have no challenge all over again. I have no desire to watch it ever. I mean, it's fair. I was like, oh, let's let's check it out. It seems it's in this random thing that I kind of want to watch now. So I put it on and I was like, oh, okay. You don't like the concept and that's part. Yeah. I wish it would have been done slightly different. I have some ideas how they would have done it. But that's a lot of stuff we can talk about. To me, it time. sounded like someone really wanted to make the mist, but failed. Yeah. Or mist. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't have nearly as good an ending. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I still hold up that that ending's amazing. Yeah. That ending's really good. Yeah, so is. what about you, James? What have you yeah. seen? Uh, I have seen a couple weird things. First off, it's the, be- the beginning episode of an anime series, at least to see, it could be one of those OVAs, because it's an hour-long episode, and they're all hour-long episodes from what I've seen. It's called The Garden of Sinners. Heard of it, haven't seen it. Never heard of it. It's, it's freaky. Okay. Supernatural, and that first episode, uh, you remember how I said it uh, a while ago, how Bakano kind of throws you into the deep end in the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Except Bakano is a little clearer. Okay. And yeah, so it's like, I'm watching this, and the first 10 minutes or so, I'm like, okay, this is really interesting. Where's this going to go? Halfway through, instead of. Instead of so much curious as to where it was going, I was more. I was more frustrated at the lack of information I was given. Okay. And then the last third of it, it's like, oh, okay, stuff started falling together, and more pieces were given to you. And it's like, oh, okay. And it picked up again. It's like, okay, I kind of want to see where that goes. Okay. Yeah. That, so, yeah. That kind of reminds you of the, the idea of Lost, is you get a bunch of stuff that doesn't, doesn't make any sense, and eventually it kind of assembles together, and you're like, oh, that's how everything... Yeah, the first kind of third... Very curious, it's like, Ooh, what what the hell's going on? Second, third, it's like, can you give me any information that actually pertains to anything? And then the last third, it's like, oh, okay, this is actually kind of weird. Where's this gonna go? Yeah. The very first shot is of a uh, of a girl in like this gown, standing at the top of a building and then throwing herself off. Literally the first shot. That's a thing. Seen a movie with that as the the opening. Yeah, I won't lie. It I I felt very much. It, it felt very much like the opening, like the opening scene to uh, Ghost in the Shell. It's, <laughs> I, it sounds very similar to uh, an episode of Psych. 
the opening for that. But yeah, it's it felt very felt very similar to Ghost in the Shell, and also like style wise, okay, in a in a good way. The art the art style was very interesting and more colorful than usual. Because the problem I always have with depict with both movies and anime depicting night or any sort of dark evilness, they use like black. Yeah, they use black and nothing different. It's like. No, no, there was, like, weird greens, uh, oranges, and purples, and all that sort of stuff, and it's, like, very visually capturing. Hmm. Reminds me of, like, Only God Forgives, and some of these other ones that are, like, neon hellscapes. Uh, you know what, that, that kind of, that's Ent- not wrong. Enter the Void has that, where just everything is, like, neon colors. And- yeah, I remember Oof. the thing, I remember seeing the trailer for that, yeah. that was weird as hell. Yeah. But... The the reason, I, but yeah, like I said, I watched the first one, and actually, to go about this is like the Garden of Sinners is a Japanese not a light novel, okay, authored by Kanoko Nasu, and that name might sound familiar to yeah. anybody who's heard of Fate Stay Night. Okay, gotcha. I've seen Fate Stay Night, Unlimited Blade Works, and UBW was amazing. Now, uh, I've heard of them? I have not seen any of them. Fate Zero, is that? Yep, that is, uh, that is also then that's oh, also amazing. Okay, okay. That is also amazing. Now, the now for this Garden of Sinners, there were seven anime films based on the series. I watched the first one. Like I said, there from what my friend told me, this this was one of the shortest ones, and it's about an hour long. Okay. The company that did that, Ufotable. Okay. Which again should sound very familiar to anybody who's seen the Fate Zero and uh, Unlimited Playworks productions, because that's the exact same company. Okay. Nice. I'm actually curious. I like their animation stuff. Now, yeah. here's what I, here's the fun part. The other thing I watched is Fate Stay Night, Heaven's Feel 2, Lost Butterfly. That's a title. It is. Right? Now, take that same company, Ufotable, who you've seen, like, you've seen Zero and some of UBW. Already phenomenal artwork and just amazing uh, choreography and the like. Cool. Now give that same company instead of a, give that company a budget for budget and production time for a movie. That sounds promising. Yeah. yeah. The TV show, especially especially uh, Unlimited Blade Works, is considered it's considered especially by by a lot of fans one of the prettiest shows. Cool. One of the prettiest animes. And then you give them a, a movie budget. UBW already has a, a fun distinction called unlimited budget works, and these it's a this one is a trilogy of movies, and it's got a similar moniker. Instead of Heaven's Feel, it's Heaven's Funds. <laughs> and oh my God, they it really it really is that. Lost Butterfly is the second in the trilogy, following the Heaven's Field path path of the original Fate Stay Night uh, visual novel. Okay. There were three there were three paths in that. First one was Fate, the Fate Path, which was adapted into an anime in 06 by Studio Dean, and at the time was good. But everything else that's come out, it's kind of crap. And a lot of people, a lot of fans have said that if after they if after they finished the Heaven's Feel thing, if Ufotable were to go back and redo the Fate route, Everybody be on board, and I agree. Okay. The second path is Unlimited Blade Works, which Ufotable did in 2014, I want to say. 
And this last one is a trilogy of movies for Heaven's Feel. It is a very, very dark movie. It deals with a lot of very dark themes. But it is so goddamn pretty. <laughs> Every single still is could be a uh, just a wallpaper. And going back to what I said about I hate how people do night and darkness sort of things, there is a character that has been corrupted by darkness that shows up in this one. And their power is shown not by just the standard solid black and crimson. There is there is a dark orange. There's that purple. There's like a thousand different colors. And it looks amazing because of it. That's really cool. The animation is incredibly smooth. It looks, again, every every still is a wallpaper. That sounds, I know it's obviously not a movie or anime or anything like that but in the uh, graphic novel for Kingdom Come every single cell in that graphic novel is an individual painting yeah, that and they made and then they just shrunk like it down to fit into a basically a graphic uh, just this a graphic novel Yeah, and, and the, it's beautiful to look at yeah think like that and what we were saying last time, uh, like I think last week about uh, a lot of the anime stuff is, or maybe the week before with the cinematic TV, because it's a movie. If it, if they weren't, if each individual uh, shot wasn't on the one with a new frame, it was damn close because the everything was so smooth. And again, it's like give them a budget and production time for a movie for a company that's already done phenomenal with a TV show, and you get a sense of scale. What I was about to say with that, with Ufotable, especially with the Fate series, Zero, they got the they got the technical stuff of what are sent for a basic breakdown of it. It's seven seven heroes clashing together in a giant fight. A giant war of various fights. But in Fate Zero you got a sense of the te- uh, the tactic the technical prowess of all of them because you were basically mer- moving at their speed. Right. In Young Limited Blade Works, you felt it from a spectator just watching these heroes clash. Okay. And from like how fast and strong they actually are. In these movies, you get the sense of scale where what basically happens if you give if you give seven people tactical human-shaped nukes and tell them to kill each other. To get an ultimate prize. Rough. A lot of destruction, a lot of pretty, pretty blowing up things. <laughs> gotcha. So okay. it's it's definitely worth it, although you definitely need to watch the first one for context. And honestly, considering some of the things that happens, it's not a horrible idea to go back and watch Fate Zero and Unlimited Blade Works to get different interpretations and outcomes for these characters. Because every route essentially shows different facets of their characters. Okay. Yeah, I'll probably have to rewatch or uh, watch the rest of Unlimited Blade Works, State Nights. I I have a pretty good handle on what Zero was, so. I'll and probably, that's a prequel anyway, so. Yeah, I'll probably have to go back and rewatch them. And that's and that's why a lot of people, if if you Ufotable were to go back and do the Fate route, they'd like it because then it'd be all consistent. 
and everything sticking to its own route because the first one with Dean kind of took elements from Unlimited Blade Works and Heaven's Feel that didn't mesh well with the Fate route. So a lot of people would love it if they went back and did it, me included. Other than that, no, they are... It is some of the highest quality stuff. It is easily up there with so with so many things. It's well worth the investment just to watch the pretty colors. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably I'll probably watch it. Uh, so creepy as everything. It it's so creepy at times. How long are the series? The series seem like they're that long, but zero I want to say was twenty episodes. Yeah, somewhere in there. I want to say Unloaded Blade Works was twenty four, two seasons of twelve. And Heaven's Feel, the, f- the the first two movies have been about two hours, though they don't feel it. They okay. do not feel it. And me and our friend suspect the, the last one's going to be about two and a half, maybe three, considering everything they have to get through. Okay, so I'm kind of justifying if I watch it, it'll be like watching an eight episode of a Netflix show. Yeah, uh, the yeah. first episode of Unbelievable Blade Works is a, is a hefty 45 minutes. That's shorter than an episode. But every other one's about twenty five ish. All right, yeah, there. I'll probably give them a shot. No, it's it's worth it. I I I can say so far as much as beautiful as it is, Unlimited Blade Works is my favorite. But that's just because, in a surprise to everyone, I enjoy the romance aspect of it. I enjoy the uh, the pairing that goes for that route because. Whoa, James has. Because for whoever, yeah. for those who don't know, the original Fate Stay Night, uh, hmm. visual novel. Uh, was one of those uh, <laughs> hentai <laughs> games. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. I was told about that when I started watching it. I was like, oh, is this the hentai one? I'm like, what? Yeah, uh, it was It was originally It was originally a hentai game. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, make of that what you will. <laughs> but, no, it's... They're de- all, all of them, except for the Dean one, but that's even... That still has some defenders of it. I didn't like it, but that's me. Zero unlimited blade works in Heaven's Feel are definitely worth the time. Cool. Yeah, I'll probably give them a shot. It might take me a while to get to them though. I haven't oh. watched a lot of anime. So Yeah. Uh, I'm the one that I'm the one at this table that seems to watch the most. I used to watch a lot. Like I used to watch I shotgunned a whole lot of series right in a row, but lately, nah, I just I put turn a lot of stuff on in the background while I'm watching something else, so it's hard to do something else. Yeah, I understand. Right. All right, then. We've taken up a lot of time with just yeah. us, Tom. Mm. Yep. And we've barely seen anything. Let's yeah. go to the, the... Let's go to the... To be fair, how many of yours can be grouped together in one description sentence? One. <laughs> uh, four, ultimately, can be grouped together in one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven movies and one TV show. So, oh, okay. so let's Remini, just start Jim, Jim's. with what I watched on Monday, which is five of these. Uh... Yeah. First thing I watched on Monday afternoon is a documentary. It was actually a sequel to a documentary from like 2003. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, oh. that. Super Size Me 2, Holy Chicken. Yeah, that was the one. Okay. Uh, I won't spend a whole lot of time on Super Size Me 2. I genuinely loved the first one. It's one of my favorite documentaries. And 2 was good. I, I like Morgan Spurlock's comedy and humor, but this one is him... Drop, dipping his toe back in the, the fast food world, going, they say that they're better, but are they? I'm kind of delving into the like healthy halos that company that advertising companies put over. It's <laughs> like instead of like fried chicken, it's crispy chicken sandwiches, which is just fried chicken sandwich. 
Yeah. And he sets out to make like an honest chicken store or restaurant. So like one that's good farm raised chickens that he physically farm raises. Uh, he wants to figure out how to make them free range and he learns he just needs to open a door and put a little fence and they don't want anything to do with outside anyway. And he delves into why chickens or like how chickens have been bio bioengineered to be fatter and that that is giving them heart attacks and breaking their legs and, and all that. And They're like, becoming turkeys. They have no. problems. And then he kind of goes to the various companies with advertisement people. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like the word walls over here. And they're pointing out the word walls and like Chipotle and like McDonald's and all of these and how you really list read them. That has nothing to do with anything going on in the store. It says healthy. It says green. It says this, it says this, that's not even a chicken farm. That's just an egg farm that over there. And you start pointing out everything. And ultimately that was the most interesting part is like how they're bald face lying to you. Like USDA certified means nothing. Yeah. Like it is complete crap. Uh, <clears throat> farm raised. Okay. All chickens, they could be in cages, whatever. Uh, cage free chickens. They don't put chickens in cages anyway. Uh, hormone free. They're bioengineered. They're not given hormones. Like there's all these kind of things that they just don't tell you mean nothing. But they delved into how all that. And then they went on this weird tangent for the second, a lot of the second half about Tyson. Or it's called Big Chicken. Oh, uh, God. Everything's big something, isn't like it? Like Big Tobacco. All 99% of the chicken in everywhere is owned by five companies. Tyson, uh, Armour, blah, blah, blah. You know, like you'd recognize these five companies. The Koch brothers own the chicken and it, he goes to a chicken farmer to try to get chickens and then he's that's where he's raising them and the guy is blackballed by big chicken which means because of their tournament bracket type style he gets the crap chickens he doesn't get as much for his chickens and they're basically killing this farmer out of business which is making him all of a sudden potentially destitute and it's it's this really fascinating thing for like the first five minutes and then it, it, they just keep bringing it up and they go to other chicken farmers. I'm like, who gives a damn? Like, this is its own movie. Go and do the chicken farmers movie. We're, there's another storyline going on with him making, like, buying an old Wendy's and converting it into a chicken, uh, chicken restaurant named Holy Chicken. <laughs> it just doesn't lie to you. You say, hey, we're, hey, we're USA certified. Here's what that means. And like, all the bullet points of, we said this, we said this, we said this, this is fake, this is fake, this is fake, this is fake. This is the picture of the farmer that they're screwing over. And like, that was great. And I love that they made crispy grilled chicken. And it's just grilled chick, or it's just crispy chicken with uh, charcoal lines on it. And they tell you that's all it is. It's flavor strips. It's like, they point out all this and that was great. But it was like, it's just not as good as the first. It didn't have that structure of the first of the 30 days. Here's what's going on. And Okay. But yeah, I, I enjoyed Super Size Me too. It was fun, but nah, it, it's not up there with like a lot of Michael Moore's movies or even Morgan Spurlock's other movies. Or even the first Super Size Me? Oh yeah, no. I, I love the first Super Size Me. I think it's just a really well done documentary. This, this kind of just fell apart. Like It was fine. It was just so yeah. amazing concepts, but 
it uh, sounds like a lot of f- other films. <laughs> well, it sounds like a lot of other films that we've talked about that they start off with one clear direction, then all of a sudden, halfway through, they go, you know what would be a great idea? Let's do this with this movie. And then they go, yeah, let's do that. And then they go, wait, what were we talking about in the first half? Uh, we'll figure it out later. It, it kind of has We'll leave it to editing. It's yeah. like, it has a really cool idea of him trying to be like an, a healthy food or healthy, like, chicken food place. Yeah. And, like, that's really interesting. And then it just kind of takes this weird turn into let's talk about chicken farmers for a while. And then kind of veers back onto the path and then goes back to the chicken farmers. And I'm like, I don't really care about the chicken farmers. My biggest problem with a lot of these kind of documentaries is the fact that 99% of the time they seem they seem to have the goal of saying to the viewer, it's like, look, look what you support by trying to live. You are a horrible person for buying these things that you need to eat. I will How say, dare you uh, support since, I was, since I watched the movie, I haven't had any chicken. <laughs> I've had a lot of vegetarian stuff because of my character in the show, the murder mystery we're doing, but it's also one of those that, like, seeing how they just kind of throw around chickens and stuff, like, they, oh, that thing's dead, and they just throw it. It's like, oh, my God. It's up there with, like, Food Inc. and some of these other other mm-hmm. movies that you're like, mmm. Okay. But like I said, I always hate that. It's like, yeah. it's always, it's always going to be Big Something or Something Inc. It's like, yeah. I, I hate everything about yeah. what you're doing. And, like, looking into Big Chicken, it's like, oh, my God, that is real. That is 100%. That's a thing. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I don't care. I also don't care. Yeah, that's kind of that. It at the end of the end of the film, I, I didn't really care about the big chicken stuff. Humans but, are amazingly yeah. apathetic about yeah. shit that does not immediately uh, yeah. immediately rock their boat. Yeah. So I wasn't a huge fan of that, but I like the overall concept of the movie, and I I think the movie did a really good job of showing you just how little like if you go to I love Chipotle. Like, I just think it tastes great. Chipotle. <laughs> but you go there and you, like, look around. There's a whole lot of the, the healthy halo going on there. and Like, there's a whole lot of other stuff going on. Oh, there, boy. So. And McDonald's. He, first time in 12 years he went into a McDonald's. And he ordered the new crispy chicken sandwich. And he's like, well, this all, it all looks different. And I'm going to tell you, that tastes the exact same. And it's just as crappy as it was back then. Yep. <laughs> and it, I love that scene because it's like the first time he's walked into a McDonald's in 12 years. First time he's ate McDonald's, he's like, yep. And there's why I don't eat McDonald's. <laughs> so he's like, it's the same dude. It's just 12 years later. So, yeah, that was Super Size Me too. Holy Chicken. Uh, yeah, there's actually a Holy Chicken restaurant in New York City right now. <laughs> he made an actual uh, thing and they pop up throughout the country. That's kind interesting. Of cool. So that was cool. Um, but watch that during the day. Then I wanted to turn around a movie that I hadn't seen before. And just to just while I was writing, and I turned down the first Purge movie, which kind of mindless. I had seen some of it, but I hadn't seen all of it. So I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. I actually really enjoyed the first Purge, the first Purge movie. It, it was a decent little home invasion film. I love the concept. Uh, it's kind of Battle Royale ish, but. I'm like, I kind of like this, you know, whatever. The first one was decent. Uh, Then I decided, you know what? I like the first one. Let's turn on the second one. I'd love to see the characters continue. Well, uh, second one, Purge Anarchy, is set like a year later with a completely different cast. And it's people wandering around outside during the Purge and just an excuse to see people run around killing people. And I'm like, 
okay, second one was good. Third one was fine. Uh, Joe Grillo was great. I believe his name's Joe. Guy who plays Crossbones and oh, okay. oh, yeah. Civil War. Uh, he sure. was good. He was yeah. a badass. And then uh, Purge 3, Election Year, came out. Oh, that's right. That's and I enjoyed it. Uh, wasn't as good as 2. Grillo's still a badass. Frank Grillo. There it is. Boom. Um, and then I watched the fourth one, which is called The First Purge, which is a prequel. So that. And it was more of the same. Overall, I enjoyed the first the first movie. Two was pretty good. Three and four were just more of the same. Yeah, I've never had an interest to see any of the Purge movies. The very concept kind of seemed screwy to me. So I was like, eh, you know what, nah. The concept yeah. seems okay. It's just... That's just not a movie that's usually within my, like, purview of movies that I would want to normally see. It's not in my wheelhouse. So I've never had that, like, driving urge to go see it. So... Look, if I want to see criminals and the horrible, despicable things they do, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch Serenity. Yeah, because I'll get the exact same murder hobo aspect with a much better plot and a lot better comedy. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I like one thing I do like about the the Purge movies is the kind of there's a lot of interesting political backstory about the new founding fathers who are not Democrat, not Republican, but are pissed off about the bipartisanship. Okay. And they make the new founding fathers, as, and they get elected into power, like, universally, and then change their plans. And that's when the purge comes up. And they do an experiment. This is You learn this from the fourth movie, The First Purge, that they're doing an experiment, and it's ultimately the rich are killing off the poor, in order to push the median, like, country's rich factor higher. So more people in the country are rich and less are poor. And I actually really enjoyed that kind of, the idea of that, that was, like, incepted in the first, and then built upon in second, third, and then ultimately fourth. That's, like, the whole story. But I really liked that kind of political thing where they're killing off the the more liberal thinking and turning it super ultra conservative because new founding fathers are ultimately just Republicans on steroids oh, and they're like sending in hit squads into the purge. It also, I don't and think it's like, work, but that's a whole, Oh no, it, it wouldn't work at all. It wouldn't, it would be like the first purge, the, the first purge, uh, purge four. Yeah. Great naming there guys. Um, and they just are like hanging out and like having parties and like smoking and doing whatever before the new founding fathers send in kill squads to just start killing people to try to get others to do it because everyone else did it and now they're all cathartic and the violent ones are tame now and they let out their urges and stuff and it's all because they're sending in hit squads that just start murdering people. Okay, now that's actually like, kind of an interesting thought. And, like, sending them in as the white supremacist, quote-unquote, and, like, it's one of those that has a lot of very obvious stabs at Politics. certain political figures because <clears throat> the election year came out in 2016, and it's very obvious that it was made by liberals. <laughs> so, uh, but then the first purge is just... It's obvious that they're 
hey, look, the new founding fathers are Republicans. <laughs> it it gets a little heavy-handed. That's why I can't stand left, left-driven left media. Yeah. Whereas the first movie, I thought was a really well-done in home invasion thriller. So. I mean, the kid's a dumbass, but probably should have oh, it. Oh, God. Most of the characters in that movie are dumbass, but it's not nearly the worst that I've seen. And uh, we'll get to one that most of the, the dumbass characters is even worse here. Anyway, so continuing, Devin. Cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, I can't remember which one, I ended up watching the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, finally. Oof. That's, uh, that's yeah. a movie. Um, it's also not as gory as you remember. Not at all. No. Not at all. There's like one shot of gore. That's when the chainsaw lands on uh, Leatherface's leg. That's like it. Yeah, the other, the other is like the cutting of the of the thumb. Yeah, there's a cutting of a thumb so that the creepy leather grandfather can lick her blood. And the story behind that seems kind of interesting. <laughs> the fact that the, the old man was played by like a 19-year-old. Or the fact that because they had to do so many retakes, because the uh, fake blood wasn't working, yeah. he took the bandage off the actual uh, knife and actually cut her thumb. Yeah, the... I don't know. I Yeah, and then I'm it got a, sucked. I'm not a huge fan of the movie. Like, I, I, I understand that this is one of the first slashers. It's up there with Black Christmas and right before Halloween came out. But after Friday the 13th and the like. Uh, Friday the 13th is 79. This is 74. Um, oh, really? This predates uh, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on huh. Elm Street, and even Black Christmas, which is considered, like, the first full-on slasher. This and Prowler and those those and again, are, I don't really follow all that sort of stuff anyway I never had until this this year and this was like the one I was least looking forward to as the, the pinnacle of slasher and I will admit it's very well made uh the group the the five friends eh. the, the guy <laughs> in the wheelchair Franklin is just kind of annoying but the others in the group are just kind of annoying the the final girl is the final girl the the characters aren't all like great and the hitchhiker they randomly pick up is just annoying. And it, the family, I'll get into the, the the meal scene, but just everything in this movie is just kind of annoying to me. And there's a, a couple of chase scenes um, where she's running outside and it's just dark. And like, you can't see anything. Out, and it's like just dark with absolutely no lights. And it's dark. You kind of see blue outlines of stuff. And, I don't know. It hmm. it was the first half of it was decent, and then it just kind of went downhill. Then there's the meal scene where she is tied to a chair made out of body parts, which I thought was like cool production design, bro. But it goes on <laughs> for literally ten minutes of the family making fun of her and eating meat in front of her that is probably just sausage. But you know, like in real life, it's probably just sausage. But I don't know. It's just ten minute long of kind of mentally torturing her. And Resident Evil 7 did it better. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just not... That hurts me to say it. It's not just... just. And then she ultimately ran away, and... I don't know, none of... There was, like, not a whole lot of tension in the movie, and it's supposed to be super tense, and the first half had it, but then the second half didn't. So, I don't know. Again, never fit into my wheelhouse of movies, or yeah. intrigued me, so I'm like... Well, let's let's avoid this. Said before, and I'll probably say again, psych horror is where my kind of milieu is. Yours is yeah. uh, psych horror and psycho horror is what I've found lately is your your wheelhouse. 
Um, but this Gornography's never been one. No. Yeah. I'll laugh more than I'll go ew. Supernatural and psych horror are my, my I kind of jump between them. I love psych horror. I love sci-fi horror. I I like a lot of slasher ones because they're kind of this like dumb dumb stuff. Yeah, it's like this mindless whatever. But this one's just not not in my real life. Like I said, I'll f- I'll find it more. I'll find the ghost so ridiculous. I'll start laughing. Yeah. Whereas the ones that actually make me think about that sort of stuff, that's the, that's the stuff that scares me. Yeah, there was a point during the during the I'm calling it the meal scene because like they're eating, but it's really just them laughing at her for ten minutes that I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get up and find something else to. Like, <laughs> I went and started like food or something, came back and oh, they, so they gave you a concession break. Yeah, I'm like, nice. yeah, basically. So it probably I could have been, easily fast forwarded through it, but it probably would have been creepier. It probably would have been creepier if they had those old timey uh, hot dog and popcorn guys coming out while this is happening. Yeah. That actually sounds amazing. Yeah. Let's all go I'm, to the kitchen. I'm yeah, sure there's a movie that's done that. I need to find it because that sounds amazing, <laughs> right? No, hatefully did that. <laughs> oh yeah, it did have an intermission. Yeah, yeah, had, yeah I don't what, know, like it, a ten minute intermission or something yeah. like that. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I can see where it's a classic, but doesn't mean it's good. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's unfortunate. I remember when I was in high school, one of my best friends at the time was super into trying to watch all these movies. He tried to get me to watch this. I was like, no, I'll do whatever I can other than watch that with you. I Let me know when you're done and I'll come over. I will say I love the fact that going into it, I knew the I knew the kind of myth that there's no blood in this movie. There's blood in the movie, sure, but there's, like, no gore in it. And even a scene where there's a dead body laying in front of a girl that's hanging from a meat hook, and then he starts chainsawing into the guy. It's not... That sounds gory as hell. But you don't see anything. Yeah, she's screaming, staring down at the the chainsaw that's going out out of view, and there's not even the sounds. I'm like, wow, yeah, this is really tamely shot. Wow. Because they were trying for PG rating back in 1970 before PG-13. And they're like, no, we can't give you a PG-13. We're not giving you a PG-13. No. And they got an X rating. It's like, what? But we have, like, no no blood in this movie. Uh, And Toby Hooper, the the director who ended up would go on to maybe direct Poltergeist. um, He, like, said, hey, rewatch it. There's not a whole lot of blood. And they're like, okay, fine. We'll give you an R rating. He's like, fine, okay, whatever. And it's classic. If you're a huge horror fan, you should probably watch it. Just not my cup of tea. Fair. Uh, after that, I had to turn on a movie that I I knew would be better. So I turned on a movie called Them, a Romanian slash French film from 2008, nine somewhere in there. It was one of the Traverse City Film Festival midnight movies I didn't get around to seeing back then. I saw like Der Samurai instead or something, something weird. And... It's a very short movie. It's like 70 minutes long. Wow, that is short. Yeah. And the the idea of it is one... It starts the cold open of a girl getting killed, or a mother and daughter getting killed in a car. Cool. All right, by unknown people in hoodies. Oh, boy. Um, As you do. Yeah. Right. You know, it's a, a classic kind of slasher. I thought it was actually about vampires. I don't know why I thought that, but um, it's not. Um, the main idea of the entire film is a woman who I believe is a teacher and her husband slash fiance, who's a writer, 
uh, a writer's job is never done. Even when I close the laptop, I'm still I'm still thinking, wow, that has never resonated. That has resonated with me a lot this week. But um, they are in this big house, like I think it's his family's house or something, and they're staying the night, and they are getting terrorized by people and people in hoodies that are like throwing rocks through windows, are like breaking into doors downstairs and they start freaking out and it's basically them like trying to get out of the house and then one of the hoodies steals the car so now they're trying to find a way to get away and they kill the husband attack her ultimately grab her and drag her out of they, she gets down into the sewers grabs and drags her out and then then it cuts to a bunch of the hoodies walking and they take off the hoodies and then walk on walk onto a school bus and drive away and it's revealed that the hoodies are children. And then it says, this is based on the events of blah, 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 where blank and blank just died and their bodies are found two days later. The culprits range from ages 10 to 15. Whoa. And I'm like, holy crap. Wait, what? This is a real story about 10 to 15 year olds who were bored. And the reason they killed them is because they didn't want to play with them. I'm like, oh my god! What? Okay, that changed the movie completely. And yeah, it's it was a group of children that just wanted to play with them, and when they got when the others got violent, they're like, fine, and then killed the killed the couple. It's like, what? Because like they they were just messing around with them, but when they attacked their friend, the the hoodies are like, okay, and then killed the two. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, whoa, okay, that that twisted, but never underestimate the ability of humans to go from zero to a hundred real yeah. fast. And I'm like, wow, that wow. Is, I okay, I I was like, okay on it, but then when the twist, I'm like, this now just makes sense. Why the fact that they were like easily getting away from these people? It's not that they were trying to kill them until the husband killed one of the hoodies. That the hoodies are like, oh my god, and the beat the crap out of the beat the crap out of the husband and then chased her down and killed her is because like would you just kill our friend we're pissed at you and it's like wow okay that just like blindsided me when it revealed that all of them were just children and they were just messing around yeah wow that's and the fact that it's a real story so wow yeah that was them uh one that i've been meaning to watch i just haven't got around to it uh then i ended up watching the Netflix series called Unbelievable. Could you not believe it? No, I, I can believe it. Very quickly, this is just about a, a girl in 2008 that was sexually assaulted, and the cops start questioning her, and her story slightly changes. And then they're like, oh, you must be lying. We can't find any evidence. He didn't. He stole a knife from your house and tied you up with your shoelaces, but he had a blindfold, and he had any, like, knew what he was going to do to you, but he hadn't thought anything else out. And she ends up like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I, yeah, I guess I, I might have dreamt it. And they're like, oh, okay, no, you said that you, you said nothing happened. Okay, nothing, it might have been that nothing happened because the police are pressuring her to just say nothing happened because I don't have to deal with it. So she just writes a thing down saying I nothing happened. And then they charge her for false reporting for false reporting a false crime 
So because of that, she loses a whole bunch of stuff. Then it cuts to three years later, and it's another person has been attacked in you know, almost the exact same way. And it's the two detectives, both female detectives, that talk, sit and talk and are like, okay, and start realizing there's a serial rapist going around Colorado. And then they're like, they find the guy and find pictures of the original girl and tie everything together. And it was, it was a well done series. It's a limited series, but it's one of those that I wanted more with the girl, uh, who's like one of the main actresses in Booksmart. I wanted more with her character and less about the two cops. So, okay. They kind of ended up mostly focusing on Tony Collette and the other cop, which are great characters and they have amazing dialogue, but I wanted more of the original girl. So, so yeah. Uh, that was especially vindication, huh? Especially vindication. Yeah, like I, I just wanted more with her character. I, I liked the the kind of psychological stuff going on with her, like, like the fact that now she's not fully sure if it actually happened, which is a very and, common thing from yeah. what I've read. Yeah, and I'm like, that was really fascinating, but they then kind of glossed over it at a point to show this other story. So. It's kind of the thing where it's like. It basically, to me, it boils down to, do you report this kind of stuff? And then that the answer to that is, well, depends on the individual. Yeah. Some people are fine with it, and some people, like what this is depicting, they get basically inter- interrogated into... Just saying nothing happened, and then, oh, okay, fine. So. And then they get punished for it again. So yeah. they're basically getting raped across the coals twice. Yeah. And I... Not gonna say I enjoyed the show, but it, it was one of those that was well done. It was, it was a thinker. Yeah, it was it was really, really well done. Watched it all in a night. And just Yeah. So that was that it? No. Uh must have missed my cap then. <laughs> well that's only like six, seven I still have like a bunch more. Uh, I also watched the movie Anna that came out earlier, either this year or late last year. So okay. Anna, that sounds familiar. It's like Red Sparrow slash Ah, uh, okay. well. I went into it with very low expectations, and I was actually pleasantly surprised. It was it's Luke Besson who did uh, the first Taken, and he did um, uh, Fifth Element, and he's done okay. a bunch of others. I, I recognize went, the name. I liked it. I, I went in with low expectations, and it surprised me. It went lower. No, I, <laughs> no. I actually really enjoyed Anna. It wasn't anything original, but okay. Sometimes you don't they don't need that. Yeah. Some the biggest problem I had with it, and. I loved all the twists and turns and the, the pulling back time to show what actually happened. Like, that kind of stuff. Oh, the Rashomon shit? Yeah, like, they, they like, had stuff happen, then they pulled back to reveal that that she actually had met, like, this is what happened in that time that they didn't show you. And it's, it was an interesting way of editing it. Okay. Oh, like those kind of things. One of the biggest problems I had is the music. The score was just uh... meh. And there were a couple of really cool fight scenes that didn't have any driving music and like there's an awesome fight scene where she goes off and just shoots a guy or goes to shoot a guy and the gun clicks and then she just starts like beating the crap out of all the the guards nearby it was a great scene but the music was really lackluster that's unfortunate and that was kind of a problem well there goes my boner but i liked the movie It, it was like the middle of the road could have been better. Better than average 
action thriller. Gotcha. So could have been a lot better. Yeah. Uh, very and in the same vein as the next movie, I watched these. I think Friday night, a uh, movie called Sleepless with Jamie Fox. Oh, oh, really? This is a remake of a movie called Sleepless Night from five six years ago that I absolutely loved. A French uh, thriller. Um, Sleepless guy's a dirty cop. He's actually an undercover agent, but everyone thinks he's a dirty cop because he's buying and selling drugs and all this. His he ends up shooting a dude. Other stuff happens. Drug kingpin takes his son. Now they're in totally not Luxor, just called Luxos or something. They barely tried there, and it's now him in this casino trying to get his son back while trying to get the drugs back from the DEA agent or the internal affairs agent that's following him and stole the drugs from him. But then it was like, oh, there might be something else going on. So stored him somewhere else in the, in the casino. So now he's after her while she's after him while the drug kingpin is after him. And then the, the one, the one agent's partner is working for the drug kingpin. And I'm like, it got, it started pretty meh. Started pretty bad and actually got pretty decent near the climax and where everything started going and then just meh at the end. So, but wait a minute, yeah. is he if he's after her and she's after the stuff and the stuff's going to the one guy? Who am I? Yeah, it, it was one of those like I wasn't I wasn't expecting much. It wasn't all that great, but it was better than I thought it would be. It still sounds really convoluted. <laughs> oh, it was. The original French movie was amazing. It was, it's one of the most intense, like, one location movies I've ever seen. Is it okay. up, there, up there with the Korean thrillers? Oh, yeah. It is, it is up there with, like, Chaser and some of these other Korean thrillers. Okay. But I might actually be mentioning Sleepless Night on Thursday's episode. So, ah. um, listen, listen to that. But, Sleepless Night was great. Sleepless, eh, it was just okay. It was, it had some really cool, cool scenes, but everything just kind of blends together. Gotcha. Like I like that David Harbor was cast, but the moment I saw David Harbor, I'm like, well, there's your villain. And then like, they hide the fact that he's a villain. I'm like, really? You don't cast er, uh, pre Stranger Things David Harbor unless he's a <laughs> villain, and he's always like that conniving little villain dude. But, Jamie Foxx, it's weird. He's either in really good movies or forgettable ones. Like, I think Jamie Foxx was good in it, but everything else was just okay. Well, that's why he's, he's, yeah. he's not a bad actor. It's just that he's either in a really good movie or just like, oh, he was in that one? Huh. Yeah, like yeah. this compared to Collateral. Like, I thought he was Collateral. Phenomenal in Collateral. Still need to watch that. I'll, like, I'll, I I'll loved, make that my mission this week. I loved Collateral. Yeah. This was just okay. So I gave it like a five or six out of ten. Like, it was fine. I gave Anna a six or seven out of ten, slightly better. Okay. But then, I still was writing. This is when I was, like, getting through a whole bunch of writing. And I went through and I noticed I'd never actually fully watched Fruitvale Station. Good uh, movie. Ryan Coogler's film. Uh, starring Michael B. Jordan as the kid who was shot in the back by a cop on for absolutely no reason. <laughs> that sounds like a couple things. Like and... I was like, you know what? I'll I'll actually watch it. It's relatively short. I can get have it on. I ended up staring at the screen the entire time instead of writing, <laughs> which 
annoyed me, but at the same time, wow, is that a good movie? It is. It, it really draws you into that one. I am, I am amazed how much I ended up liking Fruitvale Station. And the, the story of it is, it's his last day. It is the Michael B. Jordan's character's final day. And you know that he is going to die at like two in the morning. You yep. know he dies at two in the morning. You've seen the literal cell phone footage of the actual guy getting shot in the back. And then it cuts to like 24 hours earlier. Yep. And it's his last day leading up to ultimately him just saying, Hey, Hey man, uh, look, we're, we're fine. We're fine. We're, can we just, we can just go. We're, you know, nothing, nothing wrong. We're good. You know, we're not trying anything. We don't got any weapons, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then the one cop that thought he was pulling out a taser, but pulled out his gun and shot him in the back. Just, mm-hmm. and the fact that the other cop that was kind of harassing him was like, we're just trying to scare him. What the hell are you doing? Kind of thing. And like, he was trying to be that, that cop that's hard or tough, but fair and we'll let him go. And it's ultimately just a really interesting character study of this guy and of Michael B. Jordan's character. And by the time he's on the platform, you're like, Oh God, I know what's happening here. And, it's just one of those crushing scenes when you finally see him die. So absolutely, because at that point, like, since you've seen, you start off seeing what's going to happen, and you know basically the ending. You're sitting there going, "There's the dread. It's the dread." That's like, how is this going to go down? Oh yeah. crap! Oh crap! Oh no! Oh, and the fact that he's like, "Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll just take the car, the car in. You know, me and the boys will take the car in. Oh, you're going to be drinking tonight? No, mama." You know, I I haven't drank because he was like in in like juvie or something a few years earlier. Yep. And no, no, mama, I don't drink. I haven't drank since you know since I got back and all that. And I've been straight and I've been good. I have a daughter and stuff like that. Yeah, he has a daughter and a yeah, and he's wife. like trying to like clean up his face clean. And he's cleaning up his act and all that. He's get, trying to get his job back and you know all this and apparently he randomly is really nice to a dude in the street. Apparently, all of this is people that have come forward, and these are actual dialogue that he's had throughout the throughout the his final day. Mm-hmm. Like the random interaction with a, a guy that has a pregnant wife. Apparently, the two of them were interviewed by the screenwriter. Yeah, and that kind of stuff. And but yeah, the he's like, and the mom is, hey, you should take the train. That way, you and your friends can you don't have to worry about being drunk. You can go and have fun. and yeah it's the mom that puts the idea to use the train and it's his past it's one of his ex kind of rivals back when he was in the back when he was a drug mule that that calls him out and punches him on the train which stops the train and it is ultimately his past that hurts him and it, it it's a really good movie and if you like really well done character studies and ones where you know what happens so it's not so much what's going to happen it's i know what happens how does it get the how does it get there it is a phenomenal movie absolutely and like i said earlier you really get just kind of sucked into it yeah and it starts going and you don't really think too much from beginning to end of you know oh how long is this taking or anything like that yeah you just know that you know he has a time it's a deadline Two two oh three or whatever AM. Yeah. He is shot and killed. You know that. Absolutely. And but the entire time you're sitting there, you're watching it going, Wow, this is okay. Yeah, it's 
Oh. Yeah. Huh. Okay, I, I didn't see that. Okay, wow, he's, this guy's a great guy. I don't understand. Yeah, you, oh, you, realize he, you realize he's a really nice guy. You realize he's helping out people. He's a charismatic kid, yeah. you know. And, and then, like, the scene on the the scene on the train platform of like him and his friends just randomly be like, Hey, sit there. Where's that other guy? Where's the other one in the fight? And he was like, Hey man, we're good. We're good. We'll sit here. We'll sit here. And he gets a phone call and like, Hey, hey we'll put the phone down. Like, Look, I'm, I'm just telling my, telling my girlfriend that everything's good. Okay. And cool. Yeah. No, it's fine. And all this. And yeah. Cause they got and, separated. Cause yeah. everybody like split when the yeah. cops got there. Mm-hmm. And so his girlfriend and another friend of theirs just got rushed out with the crowd. Yeah. And they're worried about him. Yeah, it's, it's such a well-made movie. Yeah. But it's not my favorite movie I've seen this week. And I say this one to last. This is the last one, I swear. Uh, new movie coming out this week that I went in thinking, okay, I'll enjoy it, but it's not going to be anything amazing. I've heard it's kind of slow and meandering. But I saw the Brad Pitt movie Ad Astra. Mm. I was curious about that one just because it's like that's a weird title. Yeah, and it means to the stars in uh, in Latin. Yep. It there's there's a, a bunch like Bible quote type thing, but um, the story centers on an astronaut played by Brad Pitt. Now, astronauts don't have a whole lot of emotion, so if you've seen First Man, the way Ryan Gosling plays. Neil Armstrong and that, kind of similar, just not as good. Brad Pitt plays the main character. Roy, I believe his name was. And he is constantly doing, it's like 50, 60 years in the future when we've able to at least get bases on Mars. We've gotten, gotten like, colonized some of the moon, so much so that there's Applebee's on the moon, which is hilarious. And there's, like, a, a few really, like, cynical takes on capitalism in here. But... And then always, yeah. But the the story of the of this is that he is working on a antenna on Earth, and there's suddenly a pulse that knocks out electronics, and he ends up falling. This is like high Earth orbit, like still attached to the ground type thing, like Tower of Babel type. Wow. And he falls off of this and then ends up deploying a chute and lands. First off, that whole scene is just phenomenally shot. Like, gravity level phenomenally shot. And then they find out that Tommy Lee Jones, who's playing his father, is working out on surrounding Neptune in a thing that's trying to find intelligent life somewhere else in the universe. Huh. And that project, the Lima project, is responsible for these pulses that have now swept through twice. So they're like, something's going on out there. Your father has gone off the rails. We need to get you to Mars so you can contact Neptune and try to get your father to stop this. So the movie is him going to the moon and then taking off secretly from the moon to Mars and then ultimately going from Mars all the way to Neptune. And it's this slow, extremely focused character study on his character. And it's just in this really, really, really interesting sci-fi world that is slightly futuristic, but still believable. It's the like hyper-realism of gravity or the first half of Interstellar 
And I just don't know how to explain this movie. It is unbelievable. Like, I loved this film. It is, hands down, right now, my favorite movie of the year. Like, beating out Alita Battle Angel. And wow. I absolutely love this film. But it is slow as all hell. Hmm. Like, it is long shots of him reacting to someone else talking because you see him not reacting but then you can tell that he is feeling stuff and it is the weirdest feeling throughout it i guess the best way i can i can ask is does it feel slow as in like drawn out or does it feel slow as in ponderous like uh ex machina to me, it was more like Ex Machina. It was more like Ex Machina. It was like even a lot of 2001. I'm not a huge 2001 fan, but it felt like that kind of... It, Deliberate. It felt, like a, it felt like someone took Stanley Kubrick and made him better. Okay. And I'm not a huge Stanley Kubrick fan, but it felt like a Stanley Kubrick film. In a good way. Okay. In a very good way. And the scene, one of the best scenes is they're on the moon. They need to go from like this little colony with popular restaurants and a casino and that kind of thing. And you don't actually see much of it. It's kind of like subtle background stuff that you tell it's capitalism. But he then takes takes a rover with a couple of accompanying like bodyguard rovers all the way to the the launch site to go to Mars. And it's unclaimed territory, so pirates like are trying like yar and moon pirates sound hilarious but it's people in like full-on astronauts astronauts like it's spaces it's, it's extremely realistic they're in the same suits he gets a tear so he immediately tries to hold like the suit and it's like everything's fragile so they're firing like like little projectiles at each other but they're not guns they're like almost like nail throwers and they hit one of the the landers and it just like spins out and starts floating away and it's just the man with the the man oh with the slingshot God. is king and it's just i'm watching this movie i'm like how the hell did this movie get made it was like gravity just i love gravity but it's like it was just so much better <laughs> wow and that sounds really interesting now yeah. i hate that yeah and it i will warn anyone listening or the two of you it is slow it is one of the slowest movies I've watched, but it never felt slow. So, like, yeah, like Cloud yeah. Atlas slow? Yeah. Okay, it, I can live with that. It was one that, like, I know that it was slow. It was pondering. He does so many psychological evaluations where he's just, like, talking to the computer. Like, this is, like, this is what I'm feeling. And eventually, yeah, he does start breaking down and failing his psychological tests. Well, you said like ex machina, so that instantly kind of pinged that side of my brain, yeah. which does not mind slow with a purpose. Yeah, and it it's the uh, kind of feeling of ex machina that that almost like it's almost like a, a, an expanded Turing test. Yeah, and hmm. there's movies like ex machina that has this almost dystopian feel for all the characters in a world that doesn't feel dystopian, like they are depressed. They're yeah, the three main characters of, of Ex Machina are broken and depressed in their own yeah, ways. and that is very much what this feels like. Okay. If Brad Pitt doesn't get an Oscar nomination for his acting, it is a severe snub. 
He is surprising. In this I movie. might have to watch this in theaters. And it's one that I I absolutely loved it. It is my first movie since I started reviewing movies uh, on my cosplay page. I've started reviewing them almost a year ago now. It's the first one I gave a ten, and I gave X or I gave uh, Alita: Battle Angel a nine. I've given other movies nines. None of them have hit ten, and this is the first one that solidly hit ten. Hmm. There is very little that I can say negative about this, except for the slow pace of the film and that's more preference than anything yeah and it's not that it's bad pacing like so many movies are hey really cool action scene and then slow as hell movie this was even the action scene the the few that there are play out in a way that feels realistic i think okay. that's the the biggest thing is it is a extremely realistic movie to the point like a lot of people like interstellar it feels like interstellar and like how everything it takes time to do stuff. It's not like suddenly we're here. It's, it's going to be 80 There's days. No cutaways. It's, it's going to be 80 days before I reach Neptune. And you're going to see what 80 days does to him. You're going to slowly see what 80 days does to him. He ends up alone for 80 days on a ship that he basically stole to head out to Neptune. It shows that's what, a psych test. And he had yeah. already failed the psych test trying to contact his father. That he snaps and just starts like saying, I miss you. Why did you abandon us? And all that. And like everything kind of comes out. Who needs, but he's who needs still a, holding it in. Who needs a counselor when you have cabin fever? Right. I mean, that sounds very much like with Equilibrium, the giver. The, once, uh, yeah, all the once you stop taking there. the serum or, that they're taking to suppress your emotions, once that once there's that crack in the dam, yeah. water erodes. Water erodes like, he still stays as that emotionless character because that is literally his personality. But he's finally he finally like starts knowing that he's feeling things but not wanting to. So he's he, it's like this thin veneer that beneath you could start seeing the cracks of this broken character. And yeah, he does end up coming face to face with the father and the interaction with the father. I have how never, about you just, yeah, how yeah, about you just right now? Just that, stop. that is amazing. And just overall, the sound design is on par with gravity that if they're touching something, they can hear it. Otherwise that, that cart that just exploded behind them, none the wiser. He looks back and sees this thing just ruptured, and it's there's no sound. It's in space, so it's kind of like, like he he's not surprised. He knows that that's going to happen. He knows that stuff like that can happen. He's military trained. He's an astronaut. Ah. He knows all this. He knows what can happen, which explains yeah. a lot of his mental state and how he has this major and how he's coping. Yeah, his partitioning of his emotions. From yeah, because it's because if you the minute you said military trained, trained that's also going to throw in PTSD yeah. to me. Yeah, he's yeah. military trained to know what to do under yeah. pressure. His his heart rate never goes above like fifty. He is all even when he fell off of a tower, like thousands and that like miles up there, he fell off and his heart rate never raised above like fifty beats per minute. That's concerning, actually. Yeah. And, like, the guy is a sociopath, but the best kind I've ever seen in a film. So, uh, highly rated. I highly suggested, I would say. Oh, yeah, I think so. 
I highly, highly suggested with a giant, like, it is slow. If you have a short attention span, you will not be able to make it through this movie. You will m- maybe make it to him getting to the moon. But, God, I cannot recommend this movie. Anymore. Thank you for piquing my interest. Yeah. Right? It, like, I was expecting to like this movie. Like, it, this is the kind of movie I love. I love Gravity. I, lo- I love the first half of Interstellar. I love movies like this. This one just completely surprised me. This is that dark horse this year that I was like, that looks kind of cool. And just, it's the, uh, like, the first time I watched an Edgar Wright film, I'm like, oh my God, this is the same kind of thing. Like, I have no idea who directed this movie. I have no idea about any of the stuff behind the scenes of this movie. Just, I love this film. And I'm wanting to go see it again, even though I have like 600 movies I need to see in theaters. So... Yeah, I've got a couple I want to see, but I think I might. I think I might make room for that one of these days. Let me know. Yeah, I I really want to see this film for yeah. sure. So, all right, I'll give you. Yeah, I'll give you a buzz if I do. That was my top of the the week. That's my top of the year. Uh, otherwise, I really enjoyed Fruitvale Station, um, and I re- I enjoyed them. Uh, the rest are uh, mediocre. It was the wor- least favorite to me was Texas Saint Chainsaw Massacre. All right. But yeah, that's all my movies this year. Or this week. <laughs> this week. Yeah. Sometimes uh, I watch five movies a year and I just doubled that. Right. Well, I, I will definitely say I've watched more movies this last year than I have in quite a while in my life. Since Halloween last year, I've seen 151 movies. That does not surprise me. I, uh, I think I've seen yeah. about a third of that. But for me, that's like the last decade yeah i think i've seen about two-thirds of that yeah yeah doing this has introduced me to a lot more that i wouldn't have i wouldn't have given the shot especially like especially the ad astro things like that sounds kind of interesting but if it weren't for this and being friends with you i don't think i would have given it more than a glance yeah like that was one that i again i was like expecting to like it i like that kind of uh, hard sci-fi and just the fact that like they didn't they never felt the need to explain anything to you. Oh, I love that. That's he cool. is high he is highly intelligent. That's He's cool. highly competent. Everyone around him is highly competent. So they never feel like talking down to you. Oh, I, you know and, how much I love that. And you know how that much was I love one that. of the best parts of the film is that there is voiceover, but it's always like him it's like you get insight into his character. Okay. Like everything he has purpose. A, a wife, Liv Tyler in one of her smallest roles I've ever seen her in. And like, I love the scene of him saying, uh, the goal is always first. The mission is first. Everything else is superfluous. And she's standing in the background out of focus while he's like staring there thinking about what his mission is. The mission is always, always next. It's the the first thing I have to do is the mission, you know, get to the goal, get to the end, get to this, move on to the next thing, get to the next thing. And that's his character. It's, Anything else is a distraction. Very sociopathic. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's like, I cannot, I don't want to go on too much more. Yeah. We're already pushing the limit. So let's, let's kind of cap it there that and if you're, if you're okay with slower paced movies, yeah, you definitely, you would, yeah. you would recommend this. It's awesome. a phenomenal movie. If you do go see it, leave a comment. Let me know what you think. I will definitely say that, uh, that, uh, the poster for it, he started to show his age. 
Yeah, and they don't hide it in this. Like, and that's perfectly fine, though. He's oh, not, absolutely. I'm not saying not that's a bad ripped. thing. He's not ripped. He's not, like, the attractive dude. I don't think he's ever out of his suit. I think he's in a t-shirt once, and, like, that's the closest we get to, like, hey, hunky Brad Pitt. But So it sounds yeah. very much like his character from uh, 12 Years a Slave, where he's just, just there for a there. Well, he's there, but he's, like, there's. it's never he's, like, stealing the scene. He's there to show off his body. See, and he's stealing the is. scene, but it's through his acting. Yes. Which it's, is something that I've never really thought of Brad Pitt as, is a phenomenal actor. But this, like, I've always thought he's a good actor. Legend this of the is, Falls, man. Legend of the Falls. This is the one that makes me realize that he is Oscar, Oscar caliber actor. Okay. And I just hope that the fact that this is a sci-fi with a, kind of a relatively, it feels like a relatively lower budget, even, sci-fi. But it's one of the most gorgeously shot movies I've ever seen. Figure that one out. I, <laughs> no. I just, I hope that this gets Oscar love. Because he deserves it. The score deserves it. The sound design deserves it. Director, everything in this movie deserves it. So, cool. Except Liv Tyler for supporting actress. You know, she was there. <laughs> she yeah. existed. She was good, but she was there. So uh, what's coming out this week? Anything? Absolutely nothing. Abominable. That's what's coming oh, out yeah. this week. Mm-hmm. And it's a kid's movie. Judy as well, but nobody knows that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, also, The Death of Dick Long. And I just want to say that the title is The Death of Dick Long. It's a funny name. Right. No idea what it's about. Next week is Joker. We'll get to that. No news this week. Uh, Spider-Man kerfuffle is still kind of floating around. There's some new trailers. Uh, we're going to be posting trailers on our page. So any cool new trailers come out, uh, the Tom or I will most likely be posting those. So yeah. So watch one. Keep an eye out for those. Um, and let us know what you think. If you yeah. if you have something that you see that's interesting, movie related, anything like that. Come up, find news that you haven't heard from us that you want to discuss or have us discuss. Please uh, let us know. Leave a comment. Yeah. At, a, or at ITC movie page or movie, movie podcast. podcast. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I, can't man. I know. I'm the one that made it. And I can't say it. That's awesome. This All is right. fun stuff. So, yeah, that's uh, everything this week. Anyone have any last minute things before we see? Not really. I think, that, I think that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. Cool. So, that's uh, that's what we've seen this week. News and all that. Uh, come back on Thursday when we talk about our favorite chase scenes in yep. the movies. Foot chase, car chase, motorcycle chase. Horse race. Horse, horse chase. chase you know. Horse race. Wow. I can't, again, can't speak. How about, we, right. how about we stop then, Tom? How about right. we stop? Not like we have to record something else. Right. Cool. So anyway, uh, see you next time. Uh, watch more movies. Absolutely. Take care. Check us out on social media. Cool. Bye.